Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And yes, welcome to episode five of the podcast, sponsored by our friends at Rocket Matter. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. And we're pleased to have back again our friend and legal technology maven, Adriana Linares, as our guest host. Welcome, Adriana. Thank you. I'm excited to be here again. Tom, why don't you tell them what they're going to hear about in this episode? Absolutely. Today, uh, we're going to go basic. We are going to discuss how people learn to use technology and whether whether lawyers are any different from any other people when they're learning to, to use technology. We will uh, also answer some questions that we've received from listeners. And as usual, we're going to end with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can begin to use as soon as this podcast is over. Uh, if you're listening to us live today, you might be able to join us in the chat room at Legal Talk Network work.com slash live dash show dash feed. So if you're in there, great. Uh, we'd love to see you. Uh, Dennis, let's talk about our topic today. The, the idea came out of an article that, that Dennis saw earlier this week on how people generally learn how to use technology. Dennis, why don't you kind of introduce the topic and tell us what it was that you were reading about? Well, actually, there there's, were a number of things recently, and the, and the one that prompted this discussion was in a blog called Productivity 501, and we'll give a link in, in, the, uh, in the show notes, and then uh, which interviewed a number of, of people about the ways they learn new technology. We'd also seen something a while back talking about whether there's a good resource or sort of one go-to place to learn about legal technology. And then I know. Then the other day, our friend Ernie, the attorney, did a blog post about how he learns about technology, and it just seemed like a, a, a great topic. So that's what we wanted to jump into, and and I I thought that uh, we maybe talk about the ways that we actually l- ourselves uh, learn new technology, and then kind of kind of go with that topic a little bit and, and see what we might do to help other people. So I'm going to reveal something that people may find shocking about uh, the way I learn technology. And, and Tom, Tom knows this because we did this last night, that I surprisingly actually do read the manuals and use the help menus to, to learn new programs and new technologies. And, and I'm always surprised that people find that shocking. And there are a lot of people who won't do that. Um, Adriana, you do a lot of training and other things, but what are some of the things that, that you've seen that really work when people want to learn a new technology? Well, I have to say that I'm just like you, Dennis, and I think people are always shocked to hear that too, but I actually read manuals. I, um, I read help files. And I also, I'll tell you, one of the, the ways that I think I use the heaviest are actually Amazon.com reviews. So if I'm going to learn about a new piece of hardware like my netbook or a new microphone or a new camera or my sling box when I order that, I learn a lot about the ups and downs and how people have um, failed or succeeded at using technologies from other users. 
You know, I, I think I think that's funny. Um, we we sort of all use the same methods to learn about technology. I I read today in that article that Dennis was talking about that other people use the Amazon reviews. So I think it's it's interesting that you would say the same thing. I you never know how much. information, useful information is contained in those Amazon reviews. I personally am am very similar to Dennis. I I don't, I can't say that I read the manuals as often as, uh, as the other uh, two do, but I, I do just play with it. The article that Dennis pointed out and that we'll put in the show notes, most of the people said, we just get in on it to the program or the technology and, and we just start playing around with it. We figure out what the menus do. I, I find that I learn better when I have a specific task that I need to accomplish and I'll go around and poke around and maybe use the help files. I will make a lot of use of the forums uh, that are invariably set up for a technology tool because other people using the technology are out there asking the same questions and your question has probably already been asked somewhere. And and so I, if you can't find a forum for it, just go to Google and type in the question or maybe an error message that you might see. And I guarantee you someone's already asked, uh, asked that question somewhere. Yeah, I would say it's funny. I want to use the example of what we did a couple weeks ago, where you can kind of dig into a program and hack around in it and try to to learn how to do things. And it was a couple weeks ago, the three of us were, were trying to learn Trillion, which is an instant messaging aggregator. And we were on the program and we were asking each other questions about how we did this and that. And so I think there's a ways to kind of collaborate together and as you kind of hack around in programs today that have kind of change the way we learn too. Actually, let me pose a question real quick, Adriana, because I'm going to ask you this question. Is, is I, I, I wonder whether or not learning about technology is different for lawyers than it is for the average person. And, and the reason why I ask this question is, is that most of the lawyers that I know were liberal arts majors, political science majors, English majors. They're good with writing. They're good with words and persuasion. But when it comes to technology, they really stink. And the only ones who were good were the engineers and the the, the, the math majors and those people who became lawyers, we call them one thing, we call them IP lawyers. And I'm wondering, is there a, do, do you notice a difference between lawyers and other people and how they learn about technology? Hold on, Tom, I have to stop laughing before I can answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? You know, I've been training lawyers for 13 years now. I started when I was 10. I was a prodigy in training for law firms. Here's the thing. Uh, First of all, lawyers don't like to generally learn about things that they aren't particularly comfortable with or diving after. So when we go into a law firm and we're implementing a new software, new hardware, the hardest part is obviously getting the the attorneys, one, interested, two, getting their time, very, very hard to get, and um, three, just getting them to actually use it to a point where they'll become proficient with it and they don't become frustrated. So it is a totally different ballgame when you're walking into a law firm. I mean, you guys are two lawyers that are pretty unusual and you'll pick up software and you'll play with it. You you seek software and hardware and things. Most attorneys sitting in law firms really just want to practice law and to have to take them away from that in order to learn a new technology can be very challenging. You know, I, I want to raise a point with that, and, and, I, and I couldn't agree more. And where we're seeing this become a real problem is in the area of e-discovery, uh, because lawyers are not only being required to know about the technology that they use, but they're now being required to know about the technology that their 
that their clients use because they are going to have to go in front of a court and represent that uh, that they know where data lives on those systems. And if they don't understand how that technology works, uh, then it's it they they could face sanctions or worse from the court. And and you know there was a, a lawsuit. Uh, uh, a decision that came out of the Florida court a couple of years ago, uh, where the where the lawyers threw themselves on the mercy of the court, saying we didn't produce this information because we're technology illiterate. Please save us. And the court said, no, you can't do it. I think we're in a we're in a whole new world now, and uh, and people need to to get on the bus. Well, and that's always surprised me about litigators is and, and technology and maybe lawyers in general, but the the litigators I always knew. They, when they were ready for a trial, they could tell you the different why some some drug worked on you know produced certain results in guinea pigs versus versus white mice and why that was more like humans and and they knew all these details. But when it comes to technology, they totally freeze up and and that's that's always been surprising to me. But but and and I think that we I, I've noticed a couple of things. I think you see sort of adult education. Uh, techniques that are useful for for lawyers, and also think there is. I've just developed a real sense that people do learn in different ways, and you t- you take in information better in, in one way or another. And and so I've tried to to focus the way I learn about technologies on the ways that I learn best, because you know typically you don't have a lot of time to learn something. Well, and let me just throw out a couple of my personal pieces of advice when it comes to to effectively training lawyers in a law firm. There's a couple of things. First of all, whoever is actually delivering the training or the learning sessions or the lunch and learns, whatever it is, number one, they can be the most knowledgeable person on the software. They can be the most um, well-spoken. They can be the best-looking person you can put in front of lawyers. But if those lawyers don't feel like they can trust that person, it all comes down to trust and likability. They have to be a likable person in front of a lawyer. The lawyer doesn't like them, they're not going to be interested in them or anything that they have to say. And second, there really has to be a discussion that goes on beforehand with the attorneys about why it's important that they give up time to learn this and how it's going to, you know, make it so that they and the firm better serve their clients. You know, I think I think that's right. And 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 before we move on to our next uh, to the mailbag, actually, let's let me ask one final question and have us all weigh in on it. And I'll, we'll start with you, Adriana, then me, then we'll let Dennis finish up. And I want you to kind of give a couple of ways that you think lawyers can. What what are the best ways for lawyers to learn about legal technology or technology in general? Just give us a few examples. Number one, if they're if it's possible to have somebody show it to them face-to-face, in their office, after hours, whenever they're willing to give you the time, handing an attorney a three-ring binder with all the latest and greatest tips and tricks and the upgrades and all that is not going to work. As a matter of fact, I think most law firms who are printing these big, huge binders for rollouts and upgrades is just a colossal waste of paper and resources. And, you know, online is another one where attorneys are starting to come around to that and they're getting more comfortable with taking lessons online. So I I really think the more social and interactive and personal that you make it for attorneys, the more successful it's going to be. You know, I, I, I agree with that. I, the, the suggestions I'm going to make are all online. And really, this is less about 
learning about technology and more about keeping up with it, but I, th I still think it's valuable. Here are some of my quick suggestions. Um, one, go to the ABA Law Practice Management section and subscribe to Law Practice Today eZine. It comes out every month. There are always legal technology articles in it. Um, if you're a member of the section, if you're not a, a member of the section, subscribe to Law Practice Magazine. There will always be helpful technology articles there. Law Technology News is probably one of the best uh, periodicals with legal information information. You can get to it through law.com. You can also uh, subscribe to it. It's a free subscription also. Techno Lawyer is a great uh, set of newsletters to subscribe to about various types of legal technology to keep up and learn about new types of technology and even to write about it yourself. Uh, like I said before, I enjoy going to forums or joining mailing lists because you're talking with people who are using the same products you are and you can get answers from them. And then finally, if you want to ask questions of experts, I'm going to put two sites up on the wiki, uh, one supportspace.com and two is fixia, F-I-X-Y-A.com. And those are two sites that, that can help uh, answer questions on just about any type of technology. Dennis, why don't you close us out uh, before we move on to the mailbag? You know, I always suggest, I mean, you guys have great, great suggestions. And I always suggest that people pick two things to learn about technology each year. And that's usually my approach. And the first thing is just a way to get better at something they use all the time. And to me, that usually means learning some new feature in email or, or something along those lines. But you want to do something that's right in front of you that helps you be more productive and do something better that you deal with every day. The second thing is to pick out some new area. And I think this really makes sense for the people in e-discovery, but some new area that just interests you and then to break it down into a small manageable chunks and just try to learn a couple of things. You know, so some examples this year might be to follow some blogs in Google Reader or to learn how to text or instant message for the first time. Um, so I, I think those two approaches I think will work well for people. Great suggestions. Uh, before we move on to our audience questions, let's take a quick break with a few words from the Legal Talk Network and our sponsor, Rocket Matter. By now, you may have heard of Rocket Matter, the blazingly fast online legal productivity application that is saving time and increasing profits at law firms across the world. Easily track time, tasks, clients, and matters. Take phone messages, manage your calendars, even print all your invoices with the click of a mouse and without installing anything. Stop by rocketmatter.com today and take a look. Rocket Matter. Work smarter. Bill more. Save time. And welcome back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. I'm Adriana Linares. Let's have some questions from our great audience and our listeners. Uh, here are a couple questions out of the mailbag. Before I do that, just a reminder that uh, you can submit questions for this segment on Twitter by sending a tweet to Legal Talk or by asking uh, in the chat room, which we've got set up at legaltalknetwork.com slash live-show-feed, or by sending us an email at tkmreport at gmail.com. First question, we need to move these pretty fast, and there's one for each of us. Our first question comes from Nicole Black, who asks, any ideas about how to integrate Evernote into one's law practice? 
For those of you who don't know what Evernote is, it's really one of the best note-taking tools that's now available on, uh, online. And it's not just available online. There's a desktop client software that you can download. It's available over the internet. And you can also access it via your iPhone or BlackBerry or other type of smartphone. And really what it does is it allows you to capture information from the web or take notes during meetings or take pictures of things. And it saves all this information for you. It allows you to tag it and access it no matter wherever you happen to be. Um, it's, a, it's a great new tool, and lawyers are f- kind of finding new ways to deal with it. And, and Nicole, I'm not sure that I can tell you other than just the note-taking aspect, the best way to integrate it, but I'll give you one example that I found on, on a blog from Eric Mazzoni. He suggested using it as a CRM tool to, to deal with your contacts. You might still use Outlook or another program to have the specific contact information, but you might want to use a program like Evernote to keep pictures or articles or other information about those people that you've got uh, and you keep those in Evernote, it's searchable. You can find it anytime and you can find it no matter where you have an internet connection. Dennis, did you want to talk a little bit about OneNote to kind of about how it's similar? No, I just wanted to to mention that people who aren't familiar with Evernote might be familiar with Microsoft OneNote, which is another note-taking, very versatile program that allows you to do a lot of different things. And and I I think uh, these programs have a lot of potential for lawyers as as sort of a jack-of-all-trades sort of program that that you can do a lot of of regular work in and then export into into Word or other documents. Do you have a question for me, Tom? I do have a question. Marie Boyer asks, if you could change the ethics rules today to accommodate Web 2.0, what rules would you change and how, using the model rules? Well, I, I think the I, – two thoughts on that. One one is I would back away from going as specific as the, the regulators like to go on these rules and go to more general principles. I think the notion of saying let's not be misleading and going back to, to bigger principles and staying away from the – from specific regulations would help us a lot. I mean, the, the real problem, I think, is in, the, in, uh, in Rule 7 on advertising and trying to draw some clear lines between advertising and solicitation, which I think is becoming a lot more difficult in the Web 2.0 world, and then also maybe giving us some safe harbors that where we know there are certain things that are really in the nature of education that are, gonna, are just going to be okay and some other things that we know are just going to be wrong. So I think the work really does center around uh, uh, Rule 7. Good answer, good answer. Now, uh, Adriana, we got one more question, and this is from Colleen. Colleen asks, who would be a good candidate for a netbook? That's a great question. Everyone is a great candidate for a netbook, but do not buy it thinking it's going to be your one and only end-all, be-all laptop. I have one, and I absolutely love it, and I take it with me when I know that I'm just going to need some email access and internet access. You really don't want to try and use it if you're updating websites or working on an Excel spreadsheet or in a... Uh, PowerPoint. It's a little bit too small for that if you're trying to do a lot of work, but it's a great little handy tool to just throw in your briefcase or your handbag if you just want to stay connected. Very good. Now it's time for our parting shots. That one tip, website, or observation that you can use the second this podcast ends. Take it away, Dennis. My parting shot is about Steve Wildstrom's Business Week Technology and You podcast. I mentioned Ernie the Attorney's uh, post on how he learns quickly about 
technology. And he he refers to Leo Laporte's podcasts, which I think are excellent, but they also tend to run a couple hours. What I like about Steve Wildstrom's uh, podcast is it runs five to eight minutes. It has a business focus. It talks, he summarizes the technology, talks about what's new in the area, may give you some quick useful reviews of what's going on, things like netbooks, Bluetooth headsets, you know, different things that are coming, you know, different types of wireless, what's going on in the cell phone world, all in a handy five to eight minute interview um, that helps me keep keep up to date with new developments and puts them in the business context and how you might actually use them. And that translates really well to, to legal technology. Adriana, your parting shot. Okay. We all know, hopefully, how much I love my iPhone and at the same time how much I hate my iPhone because of the way that I have to type on it. I went from a Trio, which has the most awesome keyboard ever, to this thing that sometimes I want to throw through the window. So I have two applications that I found that have sort of helped make it a little bit easier for me to start typing. So I just want to tell you guys about them. Easy email is free. It's an app that you can get in the app store, of course. And today I found one for 99 cents. It's called AB Search that allows you to quickly search all of your contacts and it actually looks at your emails and notes also because nothing irritates me more than how hard it is to do a search uh, without scrolling in the address book and on the iPhone. So I think I found a couple solutions that if anyone else is feeling these pains, they, they'll be um, uh, relieved a little bit if you just find these and download them. Very good. Uh, my parting shot is uh, related to the summertime. We are heading into a holiday weekend, and uh, it's time to start thinking about vacations. And I want to direct you to offbeatguides.com. Offbeat Guides allows you to create your own uh, travel manual. You can select a town. They have over 500 cities available. And then it, it compiles a, a series of chapters for you that you can select the chapters that you think are most important. Check off all those boxes. Click submit. It creates a published printed book for you that it will send to you by FedEx or UPS. Uh, the book that I created on, on San Francisco in the Napa Valley was about $24.95. This week, they announced that all of these offbeat guides are also available on the Kindle from $3.99 to $7.99. Now, they don't have the customization or the color, but, but you can have as many of these guides on your Kindle as you want. But it's a great way to customize your own travel guide uh, for not a whole lot of money. And that's all I've got. So that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Links to the topics we discussed today, as well as how to follow us on our blogs or on Twitter, will be available on our show notes wiki. We have a wiki now, folks, which is located at www.tkmreport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast at the Legal Talk Network site or on iTunes. And if you have questions or suggestions for upcoming topics, please email us at tkmreport at gmail.com. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. I'm Adriana Linares. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. And you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.